Hello everybody, Todd Boating here with Carry the Loads Lessons from the Front. As our brief hiatus from the podcast continues, we wanted to tease you a bit with some of the great conversations to come this summer. Among those, I recently sat down with retired Admiral Pat Walsh, a former Navy Blue Angels pilot who also commanded the Pacific Fleet and served as the Vice Chief of Naval Operations. Among the topics we covered was the ongoing conflict between Ukraine and Russia and a history lesson that dates back to World War I. We're excited to bring this bonus episode to you now, so enjoy this one and know that there is more where it came from. And I want to transition real quick into what's going on right now in, uh, uh, in Ukraine. And you and I talked about this a little bit offline. There are a lot of people that, that have said to me, why aren't we over there? Why aren't we getting involved? I mean, that we, we knew that this was coming. Why weren't we there to stop it? I mean, my personal response is there's no way. We just came out of 20. I don't think people understand the toll that those 20 years. 30. Well, that is true. 30 years from, from the, uh, the time you put that, uh, that missile through the window. Because it didn't really stop. It just wasn't as, as didn't heightened. stop for aviation, both Air Force and uh, Naval aviation. I guess, you know, rather than just get your opinion on that, help people understand you've been in the cockpit. You've also been in front of Congress on a, yeah. on a regular basis. When people say, why aren't we doing more like the no fly zone? Okay. Help people understand what so, that so really go, means. Yeah. Go specific. So no fly zone, uh, active war. So it's, it's one thing to have the no-fly zone over a rock, which is what people got comfortable with. Right. Very different to, to what's going on with the technology that's available to Russia today. Mm-hmm. So there's going to be losses. This is an active war, and, and it, doesn't, it doesn't de-escalate anything if, if that's the intent. So what's the outcome that you're trying to get to? Um, I think the outcome that you're trying to get to is that the Ukraine forces are successful, that they can retain Ukraine and that they can continue to have some future of, of being in Ukraine. Uh, Putin has stepped into something that I don't think he's calculated this completely rationally because uh, if he did, he would have the interest, the long-term interest of the Russian people at heart. Um, those are, are beyond salvaging at this point. So Russia is going to be living with the heavy debt associated with this. So watch, watch how this evolves over time and keep Germany after World War I in mind. I mean, we can create the villain even and, and make it worse. I hadn't um, thought about that. So, you know, a lot of, a lot of historians will look at— uh, yeah, Remember, you were busting on us historians earlier. So. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Let me just school you a little more. <laughs> Thank okay. you. Um, but that, can, that's an interesting thought. You can you can trace so much of what happened after World War One to the terms and the treaties associated with the ending mm-hmm. of World War One. Remember, we have a president who's incapacitated; he's had a stroke, so he's not at Versailles as much as he originally had intended. But there's another aspect of it that's not just European; it's also in Asia. China participated in World War I. So France, 
and Britain could not make their draft quotas. In order to free up more men, China brought in labor to allow British and, and French to join the ranks. They wanted one thing at the end of World War I. If you remember, the last emperor was the last emperor because of all the legations or the colonizing that was taking place on mainland China. Dates back to the Opium Wars, but then to the Boxer Rebellion. And, and as a result, uh, what happens is China's getting carved up. And China, China leadership is viewed as weak in front of its own people. So they get rid of the last emperor. Sun Yat-san comes in. Sun Yat-san is a Punahou graduate from Hawaii, okay? a follower of Abraham Lincoln, and is considered the father of modern China. And, and this is, this is uh, someone who believes in a representational form of government, believes in um, the value of individual rights and sovereignty. And, and going into World War I, um, this is the direction that modern China was going to go. We come out of World War I. All China wants is the restoration of national integrity and wholeness. And what happens instead is the, um, um, the world was concerned about the rise of Japan at that point. Japan, in 1905, had defeated Russia at sea and uh, was viewed as a growing threat. We have the Washington uh, Naval Treaty set of conferences, which try and put uh, tonnage limits on building major class cruisers and destroyers uh, with the hope that they could find some ceiling that would work, that would help contain the rise of Japan. Wasn't working. By the end of World War I, there was a, um, a recognition that um, in order to, to appease Japan, they gave them part of China. Gave them a province, the province where Confucius was born. And, I don't think I realized that. And within months you see the, the start and the rise of the Chinese Communist Party. So this, I, this opportunity to influence the growth and direction of China had its moment in history, lost in the Treaty of uh, Versailles. That is, a, uh, that is a, I don't even want to call it a fun fact. It's an interesting fact. So, and, when, so when 1949 comes around, right. and, and this rhetorical question now reverberates throughout history, who lost China? Well, in 1971, the Senate Foreign Relations Committee brings back the China hands and said, hey, what happened? You know, I thought China was, you know, we had fought for China in World War II. We thought we understood China, and we didn't understand China is what— China's complicated. Well, it is. It's, it's, not, it's not, you know, just, you know, just one set of beliefs. It's a very complicated country, and it, and it has— Complexity and diversity within its own right. Absolutely. The Chinese Communist Party is an aberration throughout history, though. I mean, they've been around since, you know, they won in the 48-49 time frame. Um, and, and they've, they've had this, this um, Leninist theology and Stalinist approach, and that's what you're seeing in the Ukraine is a, is a Leninist regime that won't hesitate to use Stalinist tactics. 
So it wouldn't take much um, to see this expand. And I think I think Article 5 is the appropriate article. Mm-hmm. I, I think giving um, the Ukraine military, you know, all the means necessary to defend themselves, yes. I think that works. Without being directly involved. What, right, without escalating, because you don't want to give Putin another another reason to escalate at this point. I mean, if he continues his expansionist role, it's going to escalate. And we'll have, have to. He may have been humbled, though, a little bit, because like you said, he completely miscalculated this. He did miscalculate, and now we're seeing that there may be just an apportionment idea rather than all of Ukraine. He may take eastern Ukraine. Um, I mean, that, you know, these are the, you know, these are the things we're sort of reading between the lines. It's not like I've got an inside track. But uh, so he may settle for apportioning some of these uh, disputed areas uh, where he claims that he's rescuing you know, Russians, but you, the you separatist do, regions. No, you may not have an inside track any longer, but you definitely understand uh, China, um, you know, given your, uh, uh, your background and as you. So you China know, wants to reorder the world order. That's in their own words. That's President Xi Jinping. That's what he wants to do, which means this, this rules-based system mm-hmm. that gave us the means and the opportunity to be prosperous in the Pacific which is now part of the Asian miracle is also the means in which in order to revisit historical grievances. So now they have the means to go revisit their relationship with Japan, uh, their relationship with these disputed territorials, uh, territories, the Senkakus is a good example of it. Mm -hmm. The, the 6,000 rocks, reefs, and shoals that are in the South China Sea that have become militarized now, um, I don't think the average Chinese person realizes what sort of risk that they are in. Just to be a little bit more direct, they've lived with a one-child policy for a long time. Yes. So that really means Junior needs to take care of mom and dad and mom and dad's mom and dad. I don't think mom and dad are interested in Junior you know, putting himself at risk over a rock in the South China Sea. Yet, that's what the Communist Party is doing. It's so, a much more complex problem than yeah. Europe. And, and, um, but do, and, do you think they're the same kind of threat as Russia is? Because when I look at it, I think they're so much more globally tied in e- economically. Yeah, it's a World War I Do they I really want to risk that? It's the World War I calculation, which is how could we possibly put all this at risk because we're economically tied together? Right. And yet, here we are. What they want is they want to reorder it. In other words, they, they're fine with a rules-based system. It's just their rules. Right. <laughs> okay? Just to be clear, through the South China Sea, $5 trillion of economic activity annually, 70,000 container ships. You have a hard time picking out one nation's interest from another. We're all tied to that. Mm -hmm. China says these are internal Chinese waters. All you have to do is ask for permission. So when you think of China, don't think of checkers, don't think of chess, think of Go. So Go is a Chinese game. It's played with stones. And the idea is to put stones in a position where they put pressure on you. And all you have to do is yield. And then your life will get better. That's China's strategy. Interesting. 
How do you spell that? Go? G-O. Just that simple, huh? Well, you were a Marine, and just <laughs> there's some things I need to help you with. So, It's a fair assessment, sir. 